sees a friend of his, Reuben, coming up, and here's the dialogue. Hey, Reuben, what's going on? Hey, hi, Jonathan. How are you, how are you doing? I'm There is 
isn't going to be another one. This was it. This was the king coming into his city. This was he coming into his kingdom. In America, we have a very serious problem. For many, many years in this country, there has been a very powerful religious system, and they are very well-meaning people. But they have taught powerfully that when Jesus came into the city of Jerusalem in the triumphal entry, that the Jews rejected him, which they did, that is true, but then they teach, because of that, that God postponed the kingdom. Now, there are millions of Americans who actually believe this. And they had a huge effect. So we tend to see, many of us tend to see, the triumphal entry as they, oh yeah, he entered in triumphantly. But this wasn't the kingdom coming, in the, because the Jews rejected it, and therefore it, God postponed the kingdom. <coughs> Believe me, God didn't postpone his kingdom. <laughs> a handful of Jews can't postpone God. <laughs> this was the kingdom coming. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Oh, that's a hard passage to, to translate. Because it sort of translates like this. Blessed is the coming one who comes in the name of the Lord. It's a very dynamic thing. It's, it's something that is just it's ongoing. But it's something that you have to choose whether you're going to enter into such a humble thing as that or not. Now, let's, uh, let's take this word, Hosanna. Whoa. Hosanna is a very hard word. I probably looked up the word Hosanna 50, 60, 70 times in my life. It probably means, first and foremost, save us. We don't usually, usually when you think of Hosanna, you think of sort of like a super hallelujah. <laughs> well, it kind of is. Because it sort of goes back and forth between save us. It's like a save us on steroids <laughs> or a super hallelujah. It's sort of both. Because it's not just save us. It save us because nobody else can, and you can, and we need. That's the kind of save us it means. One day I was, I was probably about nine, and we lived in the San Joaquin Valley in a little dumpy town, and Newman, California, was the arable place. <laughs> My father was the minister of the Presbyterian Church. And Newman was a very small town, but from the parsonage to the Safeway, you had to walk across a vacant lot, which had the city's water tower. And so I was walking across this vacant lot, and three or four older boys approached me. And they obviously meant no good. They were going to harass me. And I was scared to death. Because I figured I'm about to take a beat. And out of the corner of my eye, over on the other corner of the vacant lot, I saw the blacksmith shop. And coming out of the 
big door of the blacksmith shop. No, we actually had blacksmith shops. <laughs> <laughs> and coal and stuff like that. It was fun place in that whole city. And standing in the door of the blacksmith shop was the blacksmith's son. The blacksmith's son was about nine foot seven inches tall. <laughs> and he weighed about 540 pounds. And he was all muscle. At least at the moment, that's what he looked like. <laughs> and the blacksmith's son saw what was happening out on this big vacant, this block-wide vacant lot. And the blacksmith's son started walking across the street to where I was and those other boys. And like the waters of Georgia, <laughs> the boys were gone. What I needed was somebody to save me because I was in despair. And I didn't get a beat. Thanks to the blacksmiths. Every Jew knew they needed saving. Israel needed saving. They needed saving. They were under the heel of Rome. They needed a king and they were looking for a king who could deliver them. Yes, they had some misapprehensions and misunderstandings about who he might be. But they knew what they were looking for. And they saw Jesus. Now listen to me. Those who were in the procession. Those who were in the procession actually saw what my faith person, Reuben, didn't see. They saw a conqueror. They saw a conqueror who conquered what no one else had ever conquered before. First of all, they saw someone who had conquered Satan. At the temptation, at the beginning of Jesus' ministry, he put down Satan. Also, do you know why there are so many cases in the New Testament in the life of Jesus? Why he cast out demon after demon after demon after demon after demon? Because he beat up Satan's kingdom. He never lost a round. The disciples lost a few rounds to which Jesus didn't lose. He said, but this kind only comes by prayer and fasting. He never lost a round with Satan. And Satan opposed him at every turn. He conquered Satan. There will be a greater conquest a week from now. He conquered, he conquered death. He conquered death, he raised the dead. He raised the widow's son from the dead. He raised Lazarus from the dead. What king has ever done that? Napoleon is reported to have said, maybe it's legend, maybe it's not, but he's reported to have said Alexander, Caesar, Charlemagne, and I have conquered great kingdoms by force. 
Jesus conquered by love, and today millions would die for him. And it is reported that he went on to say that all the armies that have ever marched and all, all the navies that have ever sailed and all the kings that have ever reigned have not influenced the life of man on this earth as is that one solitary life. He probably stands for Jesus conquered the devil. Jesus conquered death. And Jesus conquered sin. Because he lived in utterly sinless life. Now, he enters the city. He ushers in the kingdom. The king enters his city. He knows Jerusalem is his capital. He enters the city on a donkey. A little one. And they spread all these things before him. Why? Why can't he at least, why can't he at least die on a horse? Because that's not the way of the kingdom. The kingdom of God is not might. It's not force. It's not that kind of power. Jesus is the one who said, blessed are the poor. Or blessed are the poor in spirit. Take it from Matthew, take it from Luke. Blessed are the poor. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are they that mourn. No wonder my made-up friend Ruby didn't want it. Because it doesn't sound right, does it? Not in the world in which they live or we live, because they live and we live in the same world. The deal down in Bethlehem is more important than the king. Getting the thing together in Jerusalem is more important than King Jesus. I think that Palm Sunday, almost more than any other event in Jesus' life, demands a decision. Who are you going to follow? Are you going to look for some great, powerful king on a massive steed? Or are you going to follow the Prince of Peace? Who are you going to follow? Because you're going to follow someone. Because not one of you are going to be Nor am I in that regard. You're going to follow. And you get to choose, and you have to choose. Now, it's not quite over, because Jesus enters the city, and he knows full well what's going to happen. He's been telling the disciples it's going to happen, and Peter's been telling him that it's not going to happen. He's been telling them what's going to happen. Because not only did he conquer sin, not only did he conquer the devil, not only did he conquer death, but he's going to conquer his own death. Because no king, as much as he wanted to, has ever risen only King Jesus rises from the dead. So he comes into the city, and it's almost as if heaven is saying, we're going to get this thing settled once for all. And Jesus goes through his <coughs> the cross, the resurrection, we say every Sunday. 
Okay. What he's going to do now is he's going to come in and immediately there's going to be a war. Most people don't see a war going on, do they? They just see, well, you know, they see the scribes and the Pharisees and they see the religious leaders all getting together and do this and all that. They're sort of aware of that. They have no idea what's going on. The minute the king comes in, he says, okay, we're going to have a war and I'm going to win it. And the war is going to be who can come, who can put me in, who can take care of death? And he conquers. He conquers death. So, Father, what is it we're going to say next Sunday morning? Christ is risen. Indeed. Indeed. Christ is risen. Now, I'm very serious when I say that it's decision time. For some of us, it's decision time every day. Sometimes people say, Father John, what's the difference between teaching and preaching? Well, I'm very clear on the difference between teaching and preaching. Teaching is educating. Preaching demands a decision. You just can't sit there and say, I'm, I don't have to choose. I go to St. Athanasius Orthodox Church. I'm automatically in. No, you're not. You have to choose to be in. You have to choose the one whom you're going to follow. And the other side looks pretty good, doesn't it, sometimes? Yeah. With all the power and all its external majesty. And a man on a donkey. Who conquered? Who won? The one on the donkey. But you've got to choose. So today on this Palm Sunday, you know, you know we actually celebrate Palm Sunday every single Sunday morning. You know we celebrate that in the Divine Liturgy we celebrate it. Don't we, Valerie? We're going to sing every Sunday morning. We're going to sing, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. <coughs> We're going to sing it. When we get I want you to say down in your heart at blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. I want you to say in your heart, yes, Lord, I choose to follow 